Vaginas are absolute magic. And Ali is here to give them the respect they deserve. That means shame-free supplements made with clinically studied ingredients to keep your pH in check. And your pleasure a priority. Put yourself on top. Go to Ollie.com today. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by Undeniably Dairy. Dairy farmers are more than farmers. They're climate caretakers. They see water as a precious resource. Most farmers recycle water up to four times, from chilling the milk to irrigating the crops. And some even use technology to turn manure into renewable energy. To learn more about what dairy farmers are doing to make their farms more sustainable, visit usdairy.com. Hello, and welcome to episode 13 of the Oh Crap Potty Training Podcast. Today, we're going to run through a few things. We're going to run through transitional objects. We're going to talk about the potty chair, all things potty chair. Do you have to use one? When can you get rid of it? And how do you move from the potty chair to the big toilet? And then we're going to run through a couple of tricks, the red solo cup trick and travel with the newly potty trained. All right. So jumping in, I want to piggyback off of last week's episode, which was back to school. And I forgot to mention transitional objects. It's super helpful just for any kid going to preschool or daycare or even kindergarten or any major switch. So, you know, sometimes when a child goes from preschool to kindergarten, it's a whole new school. Sometimes when they go from like, you know, kindergarten to first grade, it could be another school. So transitional objects work really well. These are very small objects that your child can take with them and can be filled or like infused with your love. And these can be anything small. It can be a pebble. It can be a heart-shaped rock. I used a small heart-shaped rose quartz crystal for Pascal. They can be a wearable, a little beaded bracelet, or those rubber bracelets that they tend to have for uh, charity causes. But the idea is that you fill it with your love, and it goes with the child, and it's a bridge from home to the new situation, the new environment. So I'm sure you've had experience with this when you go to leave the house and your child has to take all their crap with them, right? They like, no, 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 I need this. I need this. I need this. Or if you go on vacation, oh Lord, I remember having a whole suitcase of just the crap that he needed to bring from home. These are transitional objects. The reason why kids do this. And the reason why even they kind of hoard right before getting in the car is because they want to bring some of home with them. And it just eases their their nervous system and their little hearts that like, okay, here's a piece of home coming with me. And so there's familiar going into the unfamiliar. And you fill these with your love, the ones that you would bring to daycare or preschool. I used to like put it in my bra sometimes. So it'd be close to my heart or I would sleep with it under my pillow, or I would just hold it and show him like, okay, I'm filling it, I'm filling it with love. And that seemed to do the trick. The other bonus about transitional objects is not, not only does it help the child take, you know, some familiar into the unfamiliar, but it's also a really good gauge of how their day went. So, you know, with toddlers, well, with most kids, if you say, how was your day? That's the dumbest question ever. You get like a monosyllable, a monosyllable. Syllabic? Yes. 
<laughs> uh, reply. It's a very ineffective way of communicating with your child about their day. You just don't get very much information. Now with the transitional object, often what happens is the child will come to you. You'll pick them up from preschool and they'll be like, oh my God, my pebble is empty. And they'll be really dramatic about it. Or likewise, they might be like, oh, I don't even know where my pebble is. And then, you know, they didn't really need a touchstone throughout the day. I do want to give a warning about the transitional object because I had posted this on Instagram and a teacher weighed in and I thought it was very good information is if you are sending a transitional object, it can be in the child's pocket. Again, it could be a wearable. It could be in the lunchbox. I put Pascal's in his lunchbox so he could see it like midway. If you are sending the child with a transitional object, make sure you tell the teacher because the teacher sometimes will take something away if it's being distracting or if she thinks it's a toy or, you know, say your child's like fingering a pebble and she'll be like, you know, that needs to be outside. So make sure you inform the teacher so that if it does become distracting, she can put it in a special place or she can have some grace and patience with that. The thing about the transitional object is like a lovey. You know, when you get a lovey for your child or you cultivate a lovey for your child, you want to make sure that the lovey is washable. You don't want something like rare. I remember I had read about loveys when Pascal was born and I had gotten what I thought was a great lovey. It was one of those like, you know, like it's almost like a little face cloth, but it's an animal. It had like a like a head and little feet, but it, it was shaped like a face cloth. And I thought, oh, good. It's washable. It's small. It's easy for him to grasp. So I tried to cultivate that lovey and I bought like 10 of them because I'd known throughout the years that once you lose a lovey that's rare, it's really hard. <laughs> and then sort of behind my back, Pascal turned out to love this thing. I It was a bear I had. I had gotten it from Whole Foods. It was filled with like lavender and some herbs and it was, you could put it in the microwave. So it was almost like a heating pad. It was fairly rare because I couldn't find another one and it was filled with herbs. So it wasn't washable. right? And so I had called this bear happy and unbeknownst to me, like not unbeknownst, but like kind of behind the scenes, he got super attached to happy and not the lovey I had cultivated. And then I was kind of screwed because I had this non-washable rare thing. So transitional objects are the same way. You want it to be something easily replaceable. Again, a painted pebble, if you paint it, their favorite color, that's easily replaceable. If it's a a beaded bracelet, easily replaceable. What you don't want to do is a lot of people are getting transitional objects confused. And what you don't want to do is just grab something as you're leaving the house. That's not really the point. It should be the same thing and it can be filled with love at night and then taken wherever in the morning. And this is usually a short-lived thing, but this actually, I'm doing it in this potty training because potty training is, especially if you've kind of backed yourself into a corner and done potty training really close to going to a new school, which sometimes happens because of life. What happens is it's an odd skill to try to transfer. And so it can really help the child, you know, with the transitional object, you can be like, and don't forget, you use the potty when you have the feeling to go to the bathroom. So you can associate the transitional object with the newly acquired skill of potty training. Okay, moving on, let's talk about the potty chair. I get lots of questions about the potty chair. I just realized I've been rubbing my hands together. So I'm sorry if that's been distracting. I don't know if the mic is picking it up, (laughs) but I just stopped. The potty chair. Oftentimes I get a question, do I have to use a potty chair? It's really gross. I hate cleaning it out. I'll get people who get very, very upset that the child might be peeing in the kitchen or the living room with the potty chair. 
No, you don't have to use a potty chair, but please remember, if you don't use a potty chair, your child will take a lot longer to be independent using the toilet. So if you're potty training between two and three years old, which you should be, that is asking a child who's fairly new at walking and climbing and running and manipulating clothing, if they now have to use a step stool in a porcelain room with a porcelain object in front of them, manipulating their clothes turning around and managing all of that, that's pretty dangerous. So your child will need help. So that means you're going to be involved in the process a lot longer. The other thing is that you know from my book that when you first start party training, those first couple of weeks, when your child indicates that they have to go or you see their signal that they have to pee, very often you don't have a lot of time. So unless you have a very tiny house, it's going to be hard to get the child, okay, wait, and get them all the way to the bathroom. I like the potty chair. I'm a big fan. I think they should be in every room. I you, you can get secondhand ones and disinfect them because the child can be independent much faster. And that's what we're looking for is independence. So you don't have to use one. But again, do you feel like being part of the process for a long time? Now, as far as the socialized, like, oh, I've had people write me like almost death threats about <laughs> this, which is so funny to me. But like, this is so disgusting that I would have my child go to the bathroom in the kitchen. Again, they don't have a lot of time. And I want to remind you that while their diaper was on, they were shitting their pants everywhere. They were pooping and peeing in your living room. They were pooping and peeing while they were eating. And it was in a diaper. So Somehow we take off the diaper and give them the proper receptacle to pee and poop in, and then people lose their minds. So <laughs> if that's you, listen, socialized behavior comes. Your child will be in the bathroom within no time, but give them an opportunity to learn this skill and make it easy for them. I've said this throughout the podcast, but it's so important Every other milestone, we give children crutches. We do. We help them. When our child starts baseball, we don't put them out on the field with a pitcher. We give them a tee. We give them crutches, right? When they're learning to ride a bike, we give them training wheels or we hold the back of the bike. While our children are learning to walk, we hold their hands. We put them on our feet. We give them toys that promote walking and potty training. It's this milestone that parents are just like, screw it. You're on your own, kid. Guys, they're learning a really important new life skill. Like we have to give them the crutches. We have to make it easy for them, right? So don't take away these crutches and hang your kid out to dry. It's really, it's not fair. So when, you know, you go from a child who's in diapers, peeing and pooping wherever, whenever, and now you're like, nope. Now you got to do it here. Now you got to do it exactly as I want it. And it's really unrealistic. It's like this expecting all these things to happen in such a short amount of time is really not fair to the child. Okay, so when can I get rid of the potty chair? And this ties closely into, well, how can I move from the potty chair to the big toilet? The number one thing you want to do is constantly offer your child the choice. So you can say, hey, do you want to use the little potty or the big potty? Now, if you have the big toilet, make sure you do have a seat reducer. So those are the rings. You know, I'm sure you've seen them. They fit snugly into the toilet. You can buy some that attach, you know, so like the little seat comes down over the big seat and then the cover would close. Those are super cool, but I never used one because I just couldn't. I'm not handy with tools at all. So I just didn't, I couldn't do it. <laughs> but 
if you have somebody in your house who is handy, those are wonderful. But also, you know, you can just use Baby Bjorn makes one. There's all kinds of ones. There's even portable ones that fold up into quarters. So this is going to help the child's butt fit on the big toilet and make them feel more comfortable. If your child is worried about falling in, they will not feel comfortable. Those sphincter muscles that need to release to pee will not release. Sphincter muscles are dependent on emotion. So they open and close with emotion. And so that will prevent your child from releasing with ease. The other thing about using the big toilet is you have to have a step stool. If your child's feet are dangling, they will have a hard time releasing their pee and poop. So you want their feet on something. I love a squatty potty. A squatty potty is great as like a a foot placement. Yeah. It's going to be too low for your child to actually get the benefit of the squatty potty. Squatty potty does make a child's version of Squatty Potty, but I don't like it. And I am a fan. I was with, I've been with Squatty Potty since before they were big business, before they were, they were on Shark Tank. I was in communication with the owner. I did giveaways in the early days. I always say if my house was on fire, I would take my Squatty Potty first and then my child. I love it, but I don't like their child one. So just a basic step stool would be awesome. Just so your child's feet are level. Now you just consistently offer, 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 offer. I will say this. I have seen more perfectly potty trained processes go awry because a parent insists on taking the little potty chair away. The kid freaks out, tons of resistance, and you end up going completely backwards. Do not rush removing the potty chair. It is not a mark of pride, of done, of anything. Seriously. And I get parents wrapped up in their heads about... I have to get rid of it. We're not done yet. I have to get rid of it or it's gross. Listen, put your big parenting panties on. Do not implode your own process. If potty training is going really well and your child is using the potty chair, maybe once in a while using the toilet, that's exactly how it should be. Now, you may have to practice more and you may have to sort of push the issue if you are going into a daycare or preschool that has regular sized toilets or your child is starting to show some like super preference. So one thing I would do if your child is showing super preferences is number one, start getting variety, get a couple of different potty chairs so that your child's not tied to this one particular potty chair. You can also get rid of that one particular potty chair if your child's showing an extreme preference, which sometimes can happen especially these little pandemic toddlers, like they're getting very attached to things and then not moving on. Make yourself go out. I've mentioned this before. I mentioned it in the book. Early on, I had a couple, the dad and the mom, they potty trained over the weekend and the dad took on public restrooms like it was a Navy SEAL assignment. It was crazy. He went out all day, all weekend. So the child that really acclimated to all these different public restrooms and it worked brilliantly. So put yourself in a situation where you have to use public restrooms, where you have to practice. You can start at other people's houses. Then you can go to single stall places. Then you can go to Target. But you definitely want to get that practice in. But if you don't have any time constraints, if you don't have any external pressure don't put that pressure on the child. Just let them go. They'll naturally gravitate. So remember, potty training is socialized behavior. You're never teaching your child how to pee and poop. You're teaching your child to pee and poop in certain places. And that's the potty chair first. And then the bathroom, socialized behavior with the bathroom will come later. So don't worry about it. 
I have so few never evers in this business. With almost everything, I can't say I've never ever seen this turn into something else because there's always a kid who proves me wrong. But with the potty chair, I have never seen a kid get abnormally attached to it. They all give it up within a certain amount of time. So don't worry that your kid's going to be in this like weird zone of only using the potty chair. Moving on, let's talk about travel with the newly potty trained because that also usually brings in some big toilet use. So when you are going to travel, number one, a big question that comes up is, you know, hey, we're going to Disney in two weeks. I want to potty train my kid before so that I don't have to deal with diapers at Disney. Should I do it now in two weeks or should I wait till we're done? In those situations, if you're going on vacation, soon. I always say delay potty training because why wreck your vacation? You never know how your kid is going to react to this process. And so, yeah, I'd love to say in two weeks, your kid's going to be awesome. You'll be fine at Disney, but also two weeks to go to Disney where it's distracting, exciting. You're going to be waiting in lines. Your kid is going to have to pee at the most inopportune moment. So do you really want to do that? Or do you want to just go have a really great vacation? One of the reasons I call myself a real world potty trainer is because of situations like this. Like, don't fuck yourself. You know what I mean? Really, really, really enjoy your vacation and potty train when you get back. Now, in those situations, if you want to do it, you can, but recognize that it's just going to be stressful. But let's talk about travel, like the actual travel, like planes, trains, and automobiles. If you're going on a long car trip, or you're getting on a plane. When I say newly potty trained, I would say even the first couple of months, I would use a pull-up for the actual travel. And you do this by putting it on at the airport or right before getting in the car, and you take it off in the airport or just as you get out of the car. And you can absolutely 100% Try to honor any pee calls that your child gives you. You can 100% still be potty training and still be looking for all the signs, all the things you've been doing. But I can guarantee you that your child's going to have to pee when the flight attendant says the seatbelt sign is on and you can't get up. And if you think a flight attendant is going to be sympathetic because you got a two-year-old about to pee their pants, you would be wrong. They will not let you get up. Even if you are on a plane and it's not time to be, you know, stay seated, the bathrooms in planes are so awkward, it's going to be really difficult with your child. So really, really, really do yourself a favor, eliminate the stress and just use a pull-up or a diaper for the travel part. Same goes with a long car ride. If your child drifts off to sleep, pees their pants, pee in the car seat is just a mess. You don't want to be pulling over and cleaning out a car seat, you know, in the middle of a road trip. So it's totally okay. I call them travel pants. You can tell your child they're travel pants, or this is just for the plane because sometimes we can't get out of our seats. It never derails the process. So don't worry about it derailing or, you know, your child slipping backwards. Travel with toddlers is already stressful enough, be it road trip, train, or plane. It's already stressful enough, and it's Murphy's Law. Whatever's going to go wrong probably will. Whatever can go wrong will. So just don't worry about it. Diaper the child and have a great vacation. (laughs) And same goes to if you get to vacation, you know, again, maybe Disney or whatever, wherever you're at. And you know, for whatever reason you switch time zones or 
you know, the situation's just so new that your child's like, the process has kind of fallen apart. Your child's having a lot of accidents. Again, re-diaper. Don't destroy your vacation. If you've gone somewhere, especially somewhere that you've spent a lot of money or something like Disney, don't make it that you're going to be following, you know, so stressed out, following your kid around, looking for signs. Oh my God, oh my God, are they going to pee their pants? Are they going to pee their pants? Throw a diaper on, have an awesome vacation and hit it when you get home. No loss. Your child will be fine. It's just not worth it. I just, we get such few vacation times and such, it's so rare that we get that, (laughs) that I don't want you as the parents to be stressed. It's just not worth it. All right. And last thing today is let's go over the red solo cup trick. I actually have a video of this on YouTube. That's Oh Crap with Jamie on YouTube. And it's the red solo cup trick. And I talk about it in the book, but it's definitely worth mentioning because this is an awesome trick for public restrooms. This is an awesome trick for when you're on the go. And this is an awesome trick for if your child is some, you know, you know, they can pee maybe in the early days and you're just getting met with some resistance. They don't want to sit on the potty. You know, they're just kind of being cranky about it. And this can happen if the process takes a few more days than you anticipated. Even your child's going to get sick of it because we don't like to be learning something. We like to be done. We like to be learned, like I say. So the red solo cup trick, I call it that because that's what happened. How I came up with this was my own potty training. Um, I had a one bathroom and I get up super early. Pascal would get up super early and I would go sit on the toilet and he would stand in front of me and say, I have to pee. And it was a very small, narrow bathroom. So like I couldn't have the potty chair right in front of me. So I started just getting a red solo cup. I'd keep it under the sink in the little cupboard and I pull it out. He would pee in the cup. I would pee on the toilet. We'd be all set. It ended up being a phenomenal trick. So obviously it works best for little boys than little girls because, you know, the penis does a bigger stream, but it can work for little girls as long as there's like no panties on and they can spread their legs. They can get more of an even stream. You know, obviously if they have little panties on or shorts or something, it's not going to be as easy to catch the pee, but it does work in a pinch. It does not have to be a red solo cup. It can be a mason jar, an old yogurt container, just something designated for pee. This works really well for a kid who, for whatever reason, just doesn't want to sit. You know, you're just getting like resistance, even though it's gone fairly well. It's a great trick to employ. I keep a mason jar. Well, I kept a mason jar in the car as well with a lid so that if we were stuck in traffic, you know, sometimes you just get into a traffic jam, you're stuck in the middle lane, and that way the child could pee if, if need be. So It's also a really good trick for public restrooms. Sometimes if the kid won't sit on the toilet, you can just bring that into the public restroom and you can have the child use the Red Solo cup and then just dump it. It's really just a portable potty. And so it works wonders. And again, there is a video on YouTube with you want to see Pascality's little heat. We used to record YouTube videos together. And yeah, and so that's the Red Solo cup trick. Again, useful in many, many different ways. On a side note, for no other reason than it has to do with Red Solo Cup, there is something called Red Solo Cup Syndrome. I don't know if you know about this, but at parties, people tend to, you know, you might have a barbecue and use Red Solo Cups to drink, and people will leave booze, and kids will go around and drink booze. And so every summer, the emergency rooms, they call it Red Solo Cup Syndrome. Your child can get a little drunk and you take them into the emergency room. Generally speaking, you are told to let them sleep it off. But it's something to be aware of that when you do have a barbecue or a party, clear all those cups out. (laughs) All right, you guys, I appreciate you. As always, rock on. 